Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 333. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is not with me at the moment. And you may say, well, John Morgan, why are you even with me at the moment? It makes no sense. I know that for the last 332 consecutive weeks, we have sat down on a Thursday night and recorded the podcast to be released late Thursday night or early Friday morning. And you, kind listener, are 100% correct. But you know we take pride in that streak. We're not breaking the streak. We're not breaking the streak. But we had to make a little bit of an adjustment this week because, you know, this is a this is a busy week of MMA. This is this is the type of 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 week of MMA where you got to make sure you have a dual screen setup, right? Because you're going to have two massive events going on at the same time. And that of course would be CFFC 99 and Lingerie Fighting Championships all going down at the same time on Saturday. <laughs> No, 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 no. The big events are going down on Friday, of course. That is with uh, Bellator and the PFL, and we'll talk about those events in just a moment. But Cold Coffee and I will both be working on Saturday night. And you may say, well, what does that have to do with why you're recording a podcast on a Tuesday? Well, that also is an excellent question. The thing is, I will say, I think Cold Coffee's getting a better assignment here. He is going out to the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, where I think they're expecting some... 750,000 people. That's I, I didn't research that number, but that's the number I heard floated out there. Now, if that's right, my God, what a scene that's going to be. But Lingerie Fighting Championships is doing three events in three nights. Three pay-per-views all in a row. All for one price, though. If you want to check them out, I think you only have to pay one price. And I was supposed to be a part of that as well. Cold Coffee and I were taking off, going out there this week, and going to do commentary for our good friends, over at Lingerie Fighting Championships. But a shuffle in the schedule happened. Now, originally there was supposed to be a UFC event this week, but, you know, the UFC's been kind of rearranging some things and all that, so they elected to drop the UFC event, which I thought, honestly, was just great. We had already asked for the week off. Fantastic, we're going to go to this. Uh, we're going to go hang out at, at, out in Sturgis and, you know, potentially drink a frosty beverage or two while we're out there. But... Uh, CFFC, uh, my my good friends over at Cage Fury Fight Championships, because the USC wasn't hosting an event, the U- USC Fight Pass folks came to CFFC and said, "Hey, would you like to do a show on August 14th?" And they said, "Well, heck yeah, we'll do a show on August 14th." But at that time, it became necessary for me to go head over there and work with my man CM Punk for CFFC 99, which will be out at the Fitz Tunica, which is just outside of Memphis. And I'll be uh, on the call on that on Saturday night. So you're following along with everything, but now you're still saying, but John, that still doesn't have anything to do with what's going on with why you're recording so early in the week. Well, here's what it boils down to. We thought it would be a heck of a lot of fun to record the podcast out of Sturgis, right? And it would be fun, of course. I mean, whatever happened, it's, it's, listen, Cold Coffee's coming back with some stories. There's just no doubt about it. Cold Coffee is coming back with some stories. And had I been out there as well, I'm sure I'd have some stories as well. And we definitely would have done it over some frosty beverages. Um, unfortunately, once it became clear that we were going to be in different places on Thursday, uh, then it became kind of confusing as to, well, what kind of internet connection are we going to have? Are we going to be able to sync up and do any kind of a podcast? You know, are, are we going to be able, you know, we've got it down now where we can we can do it um, on, on, on video cameras, basically, which we've been kind of working towards that. Um, and we've got a, a system that works. Uh, gives us good clean audio, syncs up everything pretty well, um, but obviously that's not going to work out there in, in Sturgis, depending on what the internet connection is like. And, and, and Cold Coffee wouldn't have all of his gear, so then we think, well, we, we might be able to just do audio. I mean, that, that's fine. We've we've done enough shows together. I think we could fake it. You know, if we can't see each other, we kind of we kind of get the rhythm of the voice. You know, you kind of get to learn. You can you can tell when the thoughts trailing off or whatever. So we'd probably be okay. But then it became a situation of again coming down the internet. What if I can't get the audio files to him? Well, you know, just so many variables and, and, and question marks and concerns and worries. And uh, you can't let the streak come to it. Now, a lesser show would just say, ah, you know what? It's just, <laughs> we can't do it. Logistics made it difficult. We're, we, we couldn't do it. But you know, we wouldn't do that to you. The MMA Roadshow, no, absolutely not. We'll not do that to you. And Cold Coffee said, well, why don't we do things earlier in the week and we'll get everything done? And uh, that way we still have a show. But we don't have to worry so much about, you know, screwing things up or not being able to, to get a recording done or, you know, whatever the case may be. So uh, I heeded that advice, and that's why I'm here for you 
right now. Cold Coffee, meanwhile, is finishing up some work over at MMA Junkie, starting to pack things up, get everything ready uh, to head on out to Sturgis tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm actually going to take a couple days off as well um, to get my prep work done for CFFC 99, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you some more about that event here in a little bit, um, and then I'll fly out later this week. But uh, anyway, we'll be wishing Cold Coffee good luck in, in his uh, in his basically his play-by-play debut, right? Because he's been doing color commentary. Him and I have done a bunch of these shows together. And uh, I kind of do lead play-by-play, and he does color commentary on it. This time with me out, uh, he's going to take over the play-by-play roles. I know he's a little bit nervous. I know he's a little bit nervous. Um, I think he'll do an absolutely fantastic job. Uh, you know, we have fun. It's 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 not quite as buttoned up. You know what I mean? We have, we have fun over there. So if you want to check out Cold Coffee making his uh, play-by-play debut, lingeriefc.com, LSC32. 33 and 34 um, will be taking place Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of this week out there in Sturgis. And you can buy them all for one low price. All right, meanwhile, in the more traditional world of MMA, it is a, a busy weekend uh, this weekend. It ended up being uh, dual events, uh, both on Friday night. 2021 PFL Playoffs 1 uh, is going up against Bellator 264 as well. Both of those on Friday night. Of course, PFL on ESPN2 and ESPN Plus. Bellator 264 on Showtime. And then we'll also carry a stream of the prelims on uh, on MMA Junkie as well. Now, we'll have on-site coverage from both events, which is fantastic. You know, Danny Segura uh, is living out in Florida now. He moved out there um, kind of during the pandemic. You know, for if, it, if you don't know, he's been in, he was in New York for a long time. And uh, then decided to make the move down to Florida. I think he's got some some relatives down there, and I think it's part of the reason to move. And also, you know, New York was a, was a tough place to be for a while in the pandemic. And I think he just wanted to get out of there. And then he got down there and was like, you know, this weather's kind of nice. I kind of like it down here. And it's worked out great because, you know, Florida's been hosting a lot of shows. You know, we've seen some of the, the boxing events and, and uh, that have been done down there. Uh, and, and now, of course, uh, the PFL playoffs are going to be there as well. So, anyway, Danny's been able to stay pretty busy out there in, in, in covering some events. Um, I didn't drag him in for a preview of the 2021 PFL playoffs because it is early in the week. Fight week hasn't started yet, so he hasn't really done all of his uh, his research and his interviews and, and all that good stuff yet. You know, So I uh, figured I'd let him off the hook, let him get settled in there. Uh, but we'll have Danny on here again in another fashion. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, hell, maybe even as soon as next week when the, for the second round of the playoffs when we're back to our, our, our normal Thursday night record. So uh, it is a big one. Main event, uh, Ray Cooper III versus Roy McDonald uh, in the uh, in the main event. They like to say uh, they like to say that we don't have a main card and we don't have a preliminary card because every fight matters, and it does. It's a good concept. It does. I always I like the PFL regular season events because of that exactly like you know every every fight is factoring into the standings or what have you so i really do like them uh this one of course though i, I think once the playoffs start it really is a main card and a preliminary card because uh, you know your preliminary card is is um you know a lot of uh, non uh playoff bouts right you know they still want to keep things uh, keep you know keep content going and give you something else to watch and, and obviously they want to keep the fighters fighting even if they're not competing for that uh, million dollar prize and listen there are some some interesting fights on there um you know on, on the prelims i should say uh curtis milder and gleason tebow a couple of veteran names there obviously clash of styles as well obviously tebow's getting up there in age a little bit got some miles on the body uh you gotta think you know curtis milder is a younger fresher fighter um is going to have the athletic edge there but tebow will certainly have uh, the grappling edge, and, and, and Curtis Miller's just got to stay on the feet, and if he can do that, uh, certainly he can win there. Uh, another couple uh, notables, you know, Olivier Aubin-Mercier versus uh, Daryl Horcher, a couple veteran names there that you're familiar with also. Um, so they're, they're doing it in the the non-playoff, I keep wanting to say non-title, but non-playoff prelims, I guess you would say. So that'll be on the preliminary card that's on ESPN Plus starting at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Magomed uh, Umalatov, the uh, undefeated uh, import there as well. Somebody that you might want to evaluate him, keep an eye on him, see what he's about as well. But then you get into the uh, kind of the key matchups in the uh, the, the playoffs. You see, I keep wanting to say title fights. It's throwing me off. <laughs> this is where you get into the playoffs. Uh, Ray Cooper the third versus Roy McDonald. That's a, a certainly a, a big fight there. Uh, and, of course, the, these are your, your one – 
night fights. One fight in a night, I should say. Not the way they've done it the last couple of years where the first round of the playoffs is two fights in one night. This, it's only four fighters each time that made it, right? So there's only four fighters. So these are semifinals, and the winners will move on to the finals, which I believe are supposed to be in October, if I recall correctly. Um, and listen, I think, you know, Ray Cooper III versus... Roy McDonald intriguing both of them with the exact same 22-7 and one record, um, and I guess what you're looking for here is, you know, what does Rory have left? Right? Is is he still Rory or not? I mean, because if he is still Rory, then he should win this fight, and he is a slight favorite according to the odds makers. But is he still that guy, or is Ray Cooper the hard-hitting Ray Cooper? You know, he's coming at you. He's aggressive. He's trying to knock your head off. Is he going to be able to land? Is he going to bust up that nose that continues to have some problems for Roy McDonald? We'll see. We'll see. I'm intrigued by that one. Um, Magomed, Magomed Karamov against Sadabu C, who stepped in as a uh, late replacement. Um, I, you know, I think Magomed Karamov here is, is the right pick. So that one, uh, not quite as intriguing to me. Uh, no disrespect to those fighters involved there, but uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing that one. Um, I will say I'm intrigued by Clay Collard and Ross Memphio. Uh Clay Collard, Cassius Clay Collard, man. I, I, I enjoy seeing his fights, and he's had a great run so far this year. You know, went and did some boxing for a while. And, uh, you know, his, 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 continues to sharpen up that striking against Ross Memphio, who uh, is a knockout artist as well. Uh, so that could be a, a good fight there. Uh, so interested to see how that one plays out also. Uh, I, I think I think I took Clay Collard now, and I think I took Ray Cooper the third in my staff pick. So I uh, will see. So that's on 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 Friday night. Like I said, we'll get Danny Segura involved in um, some of the upcoming uh, PFL playoff events, and I think there's a possibility their finals might be here in Vegas. Uh, I've heard rumblings that that could happen. Uh, so if that's the case, um, certainly we'll have some more coverage of the finals. And that'd be great. Love, love to have the finals here in Vegas. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Right now, Hollywood, Florida, Seminole, Hard Rock, Hotel, and Casino. Um, all right, so listen, I did want to bring in uh, an MMA junkie colleague, though, in Nolan King to help break down or preview uh, the Bellator card this week. Because obviously, uh, as far as I'm concerned, for my money, Nolan King's probably about as knowledgeable of a Bellator reporter as there is right now. Uh, he was at every one of their Fight Sphere events, you know, being in Boston. Uh, he was able to, to travel to, to Uncasville, Connecticut and cover it. So, I mean, he, you know, not by choice, uh, but just by necessity and the way things worked out, essentially became a Bellator beat reporter, uh, and he has covered the heck out of that beat. So I figured, uh, let's bring in Nolan King, get some get inside look on uh, what's what's happening, what to, what to keep an eye on at, at Bellator 264. So uh, let's bring him in. All right, so the mayor of the fight sphere is heading back out to the fight sphere uh, this week. Although, although, Nolan, it's it's not the fight sphere anymore, right? It's just little old Mohegan Sun Arena in Uncasville, Connecticut. So I guess, uh, does that make it a more pleasurable experience for you now that uh, I guess you're not having to, to follow the same protocol? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not really, but... I mean, it's nice. Uh, it's nice not to have the monotony, you know, to kind of go back to something that's a little more familiar. It will probably seem like less of an excursion after after Los Angeles and flying across the country. It'll be kind of uh, refreshing, you know. I won't, I won't, uh, won't hate the drive down there as much. Just only having two hours of travel and being there and being able to jump right into fight week. So it's good and bad. I think, uh, you know, like I said, just just spacing it out a little bit, um, you know, works in my favor. Yeah, and for anybody that doesn't know, obviously, man, you spend a lot of time in quarantine at, at that place. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, we've seen it at the UFC. I mean, the UFC is kind of bagging off. Do you know? Are there still? I mean, do you have any protocol uh, for for COVID stuff as a journalist anymore, or is it just is it wide open out there? Um, it's pretty wide open. I mean, uh, for so basically, the way that they break it down is vaccinated versus unvaccinated. So unvaccinated people, uh, fighters, camps, people that work for promotion, they still have to follow all the same protocols uh, that went on you know, from the start. So testing, quarantining, not being able to go out into, you know, outside of the casino. Um, and then for the rest of us, you know, we just have to sign something, show them our, uh, our COVID vaccine card, um, you know, that we're vaccinated. And then, yeah, it's, it's pretty much free after that. They still do temp checks and you have to fill out a health form every day, just saying, you know, I don't have any of these symptoms and I haven't come in contact with anyone that has COVID. Other than that, it's it's for the rest of us. It's a little bit of sanity. Like we can go to, you know, the the bars and restaurants in Norwich down the street or New London. So 
it's nice. It's nice to be able to not have to eat at the same one of the same like six places. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it, man. Yeah. It's good. It's nice to be getting back to normal life, even if not all the way there. Well, all right, let's talk about this card, man. Bellator 264, obviously middleweight title fight in the main event. Gegard Mousasi. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know if you would call him an all-time great, but I mean, you know, an all-time veteran. I mean, he is a stud. You know what I mean? He's fought at the highest level for a long time. Still has an incredible career record. So hell yeah, I guess maybe I am calling him an all-time great. Uh, <laughs> I talked myself. Into it now, going up against John Salter. Um, talk to me about this matchup and kind of where your excitement level is for it. Because you know, listen, I think a lot of people probably aren't giving John Salter much of a chance, but um, I also feel like uh, he's like one of the most significantly underrated guys on the entire roster. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. You know, John Salter. I think a lot of people look at him like, oh, you know, he had a couple UFC fights, he got cut, and you know, he's one of these washups ended up in Bellator. But no, I mean, he's had some legitimate wins for them in a division that's probably one of Bellator's weakest. I think he's done a good job of, of him and uh, Tokov are the two, and, and Austin Vanderford as well, where you look at them and you're like, okay, these guys are pretty good. They're, they're going to be able to you know challenge for a title. Uh, the problem is they have Gegard Mousasi in the division, like you said, and he's still he's still on top of his game, man. I love Gegard, love watching him fight, love his interviews where he kind of, you know, if, if you start leading him down a road that he doesn't agree with, he'll just cut you off right away. Like, no, 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 no. Um, so I'm looking forward to that tomorrow, talking to him and getting cut off. Um, but yeah, but yeah, the matchup, man, I, I think it's legitimate. I think, uh, you know, Gegard is, is an elite, elite fighter. So uh, maybe he'll go out there and, and tool Salter. But, you know, it's, it's a good challenge, especially for Bellator, that division. I think it's, it's the right guy. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And like I said, I mean, as far as staff picks go, my favorites, I mean, I did pick Gegard Musasi in this one, but I don't know, man. I just feel like Salter does those a little bit more respect. He is tough. And I mean, I guess at some point, like, like Musasi's body has to break down a little bit or he has to take a step back. I mean, he has been kind of a lengthy inactivity, right? And, and last time he fought a, a – I hate to say a blown-up welterweight. That's probably not fair enough to say. But, I mean, is there any chance that any of that stuff, you know, that, that we catch a Gegard Musasi that may be slipping a little bit right now? I mean, it's quite possible. Uh, he hasn't fought for a while. This is his first fight of 2021, and everybody seems to hit that point eventually. So, you know, John Salter's up there in age two, but he seemed to get better and better and better. Gegard obviously remained at that elite level, and, and outside of the um, Rafael Lovato Jr. fight, he really has not been tested, uh, you know, very much in Bellator. He's not struggled. So um, I think I'd like to think that Gegard's still at that elite level, man, but you never know. I mean, we've seen some fall, some, some steep drop-offs in this sport um and yeah I'm, i mean it's a good fight and i just think uh but i still think that the gay guards he's gonna take it to salter on on friday night yeah i tend to think that as well uh saba hamasi versus andre korchkov uh korchkov a, a massive uh fa- favorite according to the odds makers i did pick korchkov as well but saba i mean right he, he comes in and bangs right i mean he's, th- this could be a very exciting fight are, are you are you leaning towards Korshkov as well and were you surprised at all that the the odds are as as, as high as they are because he's a substantial favorite yeah yeah I, I you know I'm not surprised that the odds are like that I love the fight I think anytime Sabah Hamasi fights and it's not against somebody that's a grappler I think it's a it's a phenomenal matchup I think uh anytime that you know he's fighting somebody that's not going to be afraid to strike with him you're going to get wild exchanges like we saw in the Paul Daly fight uh, and, and Sabah's a guy that, you know, I give it to him. He's a do or die fighter. He either seems to, to get knocked out or knock somebody out when he fights strikers. So, um, it's nice that, that Korshkov's back in the mix as well. I think, uh, you know, the pandemic made it kind of difficult for him to travel. He took a fight overseas for a Russian promotion that Bellator let him take. And, uh, so it's good to get him back in the mix, a former champion, kind of a forgot, forgotten name in that welterweight division. And I, I honestly like action wise, if you, if you're going to watch one fight from, uh, this card, I think that would probably be the one. Oh, that's interesting. But you're right. Actually, you know what? I think you framed that exactly right because action-wise, you're probably right. That's one because I was going to say the fight that I'm probably most excited about that, that, but yes. that, that, that might not have the same level of action is Magomed Magomedov versus Rafian Stotts, uh, number three versus number four in the Bellator rankings. Uh, but you're talking about impressive career records, 18-1, and 15-1. I mean, this, this is a, a meaningful matchup in the division regardless of what organization it's in, right? These are two studs. and Man, I've been high on Stotts for a long time time i'm talking about from the early early prospect days but magomedov can be absolutely stifling which i which i think is why you know you hit the nail on the head with maybe more action there maybe this won't be as action-packed but i don't think it's going to be a, a stalemate either i mean this is a this is a big fight right yeah it's great i mean it's elite it's probably the most elite fight on the card it's uh it's great matchmaking i think both guys are really on a roll it's one of those fights too i mean actually that division bantamweight as a whole 
is really becoming uh, when you when you have that discussion that people love to have about UFC versus Bellator and where Bellator fighters would stack up. I think Bantamweight probably has one of the best cases in Bellator for for having elite talent, guys yeah. that could go to the UFC and have a lot of success. I mean, Rafael Stotts, like you said, he, he looked like he was going to be the next big thing. Dana White flew across the country to see him fight, and Dana White's looking for a fight. And then he gets spinning back fists in eight <laughs> seconds by a oh. fighter nobody ever heard of named oh. Rob Devalishvili. So things work out interestingly, and, and Magomedov's obviously a big star over in Russia, and he's coming here. I think that the UFC might have dropped the ball a little bit on picking him up. Yeah. I think this is a great fight. And for people that that, that want to compare the UFC and Bellator, this is this would be a, a very elite fight even for UFC standards. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, I think these guys would be a lot more respect. And that's just a damn shame. Just sometimes you don't get the respect you deserve unless you're fighting in the UFC. But these are two elite-level yeah. talents. And boy, it's funny as you say that. I mean, I think a lot of people right now are, are, are saying Bantamweight's the best division in the UFC, right? But it might just damn well be the best division in the sport right now. I mean, when you look, because you're absolutely right. The Bellator roster of Bantamweight's is a bunch of monsters as well. So it might just be the, like the deepest division in, in, in the entire sport right now regardless of promotion yeah it's really weird how that happens right like i don't i i remember not too long ago we were starting to get excited where bantamweight oh finally bantamweight dominic cruz and tj dillashaw some guys to fight like there's john lineker and michael mcdonald and you know <laughs> it was like exciting that there were six you know six good contenders in the ufc and now it's like right up there with lightweight in terms of depth and guys peaking at the right times and i mean we talk about it all the time on spinning back like and other things how the ufc has like you know, all those those Bantamweight contenders surging. And so I think it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see that same build in Bellator as well. And this could be very, very much be a number one contender fight, uh, you know, with the winner fighting Sergio Pettis. So a lot on the line, I think, on Friday. Yeah, no question about it. All right, explain to me the matchmaking here with Everett Cummings and Davion Franklin. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't think I get this one. What what's what's the thought process here? You got a fifteen and zero Everett Cummings against a three and zero Davion Franklin, who I thought you were trying to slow roll. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that maybe Everett Cummings' record isn't exactly, you know, uh, maybe it's more of a boxing esque fifteen and zero, yes. but I, I don't know. This is a this is kind of a weird one for me. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? Because Bellator always had the mo of really building their prospects and, and taking this really long slow burn where. You know, a guy that is eight and zero would be fighting somebody that was three and three, and and I get it, I get the criticism totally. But recently, with their new matchmaking, it seems like they almost sometimes go the other way. Like you had Christian Edwards, and it paid off for them recently. Christian Edwards, uh, you know, uh, fighting uh, an opponent that was like eight and one or whatever for yeah. Ryzen. So and he won, but at the same time, it's definitely more risky. And I think that there's a little bit of risk in here. I think there's a little bit of dependency on Bellator saying, hey you know, kind of an undersized heavyweight with a padded record. It's a little older. You know, we might be catching him at the right time. And I know some some regional heavyweights here in New England had really wanted to always have them bring in Everett Cummings as the B-side because they were like, hey, this guy, I've watched tape on him. He's not particularly what his record shows. So I'm thinking that that's probably the direction Bellator is going in. But there's something to be said about experience too, right? So if you got 15-0, and 0, you had 15 opportunities to go in there, test yourself. Davion Franklin is still extremely green. It only takes one punch in heavyweight division. So it is weird matchmaking. I'm not totally against it. I guess, you know, I could see it really going one of two ways, and we'll just have to see how it plays out on Friday. Interesting point you bring up with the matchmaking, right? I mean, do you feel – I mean, obviously they've had a big change behind the scenes, right? I mean, it's not something they've talked about a whole lot, but, I mean, obviously everybody realizes that Rich Child's gone and now with Wimps a Warrior. And they've – you know, my understanding is they're kind of doing a little bit of matchmaking by committee um, behind the scenes. But, I mean, do you feel like there is – a shift? Have you have you felt it or seen it, or is that just you know? I mean, things things are always going to be a little bit differently, I guess. I mean, what, what what's your take on that? Yeah, it's kind of a weird crossing of the guard, uh, you know, in terms of like there's the like you said, there is a panel of matchmakers. Some of them are experienced, kind of is, is assisting uh, with some of the during the Rich Chow era, they would assist with some of the prelims or some of the uh, local ticket sellers, stuff like that. So there are people that have matched matchmake fights before, but. Uh, kind of at a lower level and, and rich i guess does still handle some of the bigger accounts he still does kind of you know he is the guy that a lot of managers still deal with sometimes so there's there's a transition period going on right now but certainly it looks like they're trying to make it more of a merit-based promotion have guys uh you know try to keep keep the rostered guys fighting other rostered guys when they can get things to work out um the only problem with that right is that unlike the ufc they don't have a pool of a zillion fighters that they can go to and they owe these guys fights they owe them you know uh, a certain amount of fights per year, a certain amount of offers, and they still have to to figure out timelines for these guys and, and fights that make sense for the division. So I think you're always going to have the, the mismatches and the, the kind of weird weird matchmaking at times just because of the logistics of it. But they're definitely moving towards trying to make the fights 
be more even, the lines be more even. You look at Bellator 263 a couple weeks ago, almost every single line was within a two to one, you know, plus 200, minus 200 range, except for the, the Russians, which I guess is par for the course. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely sense a change, man. And I, I like it, you know, maybe it doesn't translate to the casuals as much and maybe they take a blow on ratings, not having Chael Son and Josh Barnett and, you know, Fedor, I guess Fedor is still on the roster, but other fighters like that. Um, but I, I like it. I think they, they definitely are making a, a, a more of an effort to make those those fair matchups. Yeah, and, and listen, they have done – I mean, we're kind of getting that point. They have done such a great job of, of developing talent over the years and, like, kind of stockpiling prospects. And, of course, they have to invest in them really early because they've got to try to get to them before they go to the UFC. But um, I think they're starting to kind of reap some of the rewards of that, of, of, of really investing, uh, you know, kind of in that talent. So, um, outside of that, uh, Nolan, any, any other fight? I mean, I know we, we lost a couple of fights. I'm assuming that probably had something to do with COVID. I don't know. Maybe that's – irresponsible of me to say but anytime anytime i see something ruled out for for health and safety protocols i assume probably some covid was in there but um you know any, any other names of, of people that you know people might want to pay attention because listen the fans are gonna have to be selective you got you're going head to head with pfl on friday night <laughs> yeah yeah for sure you know it's uh it's unfortunate because i think danny sabatello versus johnny campbell would be the fight that i would yeah. answer that if you would ask me 12 hours ago but that fight is off due to health and safety which everybody knows that like you said <laughs> probably COVID. Um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a, a wink and a nod when it comes to that language. But uh, the other one too, Pam Sorensen in the yeah. prelims, the featured prelim. She's been around for a long time. For people that don't watch Invicta, she's she's she was one of their staples throughout the years. Always trying to get to the UFC or Bellator to the big show. She finally gets that opportunity against Roberta Samad, who's coming over from PFL. So I think that for a women's featherweight fight, which we don't get to see many of uh, these days or many legitimate ones. I think that that's uh, that's probably the matchup to watch outside of the uh, the ones we discussed. Yeah, good stuff. Well, a lot of stuff there to watch. Are you gonna, are you going to try to have PFL on on, on uh, maybe a computer monitor? Or yeah, I might have the little the little browser. I liked I listened to your episode last week with Oscar saying it was like he was getting caught watching porn. I think that that's <laughs> that's 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 perfect. The perfect way to describe it. So I'll try to keep the uh, you know the. I guess I won't have to use a private browser, but I can uh, I can just have it down in the the, the bottom corner, so to speak. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. All right, brother. Well, listen, I I know you're busy, man. I know you got a lot going on, so I appreciate you carving out a few minutes. And uh, I'll be off this week, but, you know, well, hopefully you guys will uh, have a great weekend of coverage. Like I said, we got you there. We got uh, Danny Segura over at PFL, so uh, it should be a a pretty full weekend of of coverage at MMA Junkie. Yeah, for sure, John. I appreciate you having me on, man. We got to – someday we'll do this in person again. Someday. One one of these damn days. (laughs) One of these damn days. All right, brother. I'll let you go, man. Thank you for the time, bro. Thanks, John. Hey, before we carry on, I should say, if you like what you're listening to, make sure that uh, you do us a favor. Wherever you listen to, make sure you're logged in. Uh, give, us a little, give us a little rating. Give us a little review if you can. Uh, Apple Apple iTunes is where I listen to, to all my podcasts. I believe that essentially qualifies me as an old person these days. Everybody's been uh, telling me there's all these other different apps and stuff to, 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 to listen to podcasts, but I'm just old school like that. But wherever it is, rate us, review us if you can uh, by doing so. It, uh, it it helps us grow the podcast, and we certainly appreciate that. Or, if you really want to take it to the next level, step on over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, where for as little as $3 a month, you can support us over there, uh, help, uh, help keep the podcast going. We certainly do appreciate the lovely little community that we've got over there. Uh, you could be like Darian, who joined us this past week, man. Thank you, Darian. appreciate that. Uh, of course, that, that does help support the show. It does give you exclusive access to the and-a-half episodes that we do after every UFC show, which is almost every week, except for this week, of course. But, uh, yeah, patreon.com slash the Roadshow. Give it, a, give it a shot. If, if you like listening to it and you want to you support us, myself and Cold Coffee, I mean, you know, if, if you're with us, you'd buy us a frosty beverage, wouldn't you? I know you would. I know you would. Well, this is another way of doing that. kind of helps us out. So, you know, consider it. All right, so shout out to uh, Nolan King there. Really appreciate the time, and uh, that's your Friday night. You got du- dueling MMA events, big time MMA events. So uh, plenty to watch there. You know, set up your, your dual screen action. I guess if you want to keep up with everything. If not, uh, just just keep it to MMA Junkie. We'll have on site coverage from both events. Now, 
Uh, other than the fact that I, I had to leave my man Cold Coffee stranded out there in Sturgis, uh, I am pretty excited about the fact that we'll be doing CFFC 99 on Saturday. Uh, that means we're not going up against those those bigger promotions. So if you're looking for some MMA on Saturday, do us a favor. Turn into USC Fight Pass at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Main event there, Jose Perez versus DeAndre uh, Anderson. And uh, listen, I, you know, it's funny because this was not our original main event. Um I don't know how much I'm supposed to say about what we have. So our main event got signed to some other options. Uh, so we, we had to go with this, a, a non-title fight in the main event. Actually, it's been a while since we had a non-title fight in the main event. But I really like this matchup. Uh, first of all, I was really, really high on uh, on, on on Jose Perez, man. Um, watching this kid so far in his career, uh, 3-0 and under the CFFC banner. All three of those finishes uh, via submission, all three of them in the first round. And really caught my eye back in uh, December um, when he was, I mean, it, it was CFFC uh, 91. And he's literally uh, like talking to his corner. Now he was, look, he, he was clearly better than the opponent that he was facing. Um, but he was putting some swagger on it, man. He was he was calling out to his corner, asking them what move to do. He was like, just tell me what move to do, and I'll do it. And he was. <laughs> and he ended up getting a finish uh, via banana split, not something you see a whole lot of. So uh, only the second time it had happened in CFFC history. So uh, intriguing stuff there, to say the least. Um, yeah. I, I, I was I was excited about this kid. So he's in a main event. This is a big opportunity for him. The kid has got incredible grappling skills. Um, and so I figured, hey, um, why not? Why not? You know, I was talking about you know kind of shining a light on on some fighters that might not be getting a, a lot of light. I mean, I could play you some of the same interviews that you're seeing everywhere else with with Bellator and and uh, with PFL as well. But I figured, you know what? Um, Let's 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 play a little bit of these guys and, and see if see if they grow on you as much as they grow on me. So uh, here is uh, Jose Perez, uh, who by the way you'll hear that uh, that I, I I broke it to him that he'd be in the main event. He didn't know that he was going to be in the main event. Uh, so you know, like I said, when he signed for the bout, it was the co-main event. Got bumped up to the main, so an even bigger opportunity to him than he was aware of. And you know, this is just one of those guys that's been been doing, uh, you know jujitsu since he was like nine years old man and and you know the type of skills that you develop over that time now he's now he's 26 undefeated in his career and uh i i think the kid's got some talent so uh here's my conversation with jose perez pro fight number five and uh main event ufc fight pass i mean g g give me the feel right now is there a little added excitement for this one um i thought it was the co-main event i think i'm the co-main event i'm sure that's what i am but uh at least last I heard, if, if you're telling me I got bumped up, then great. But, uh, but yeah, either way, co-main event, main event, regardless. So I'm on cloud nine. Uh, I remember at CFFC 84, I uh, I got to show my stuff against Brandon Gator. That was my very first pro fight and my first fight on the uh, C under the CFFC banner. So, I mean, that was, that was bright lights, huge promotion, stuff I had never seen before and things I was never exposed to before. Um, and I remember seeing fighters like uh, Reggie Adams and Pat Sabatini on there, and I was like, man, like it's going to take me a while to get up to that caliber to get to that point to where I'm, uh, I'm, you know, towards the tail end of those cards, and and uh, and COVID happened, and and all that stuff, and and some time has passed, and and now we're at the end of it, and we're starting. I mean, we still have COVID going on, but we're starting to see the hind end of it, and things are starting to open up, and. And and now I am on the tail end of that card, and uh, and the same faces are popping back up like Reggie Adams and and these guys that I used to compare myself to. So pretty cool to kind of give myself a little context on where exactly I am. Yeah, no question about it, man. And dude, the run's been the run's been fast too. I mean, you, you know, you mentioned COVID; it's been a challenging time. But I mean, you're talking about five fights in 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 a year, basically. I mean, is this was that the plan going in? I mean, did you want to stay this busy, or, or how, you know how how was this played out? Because because not many people are getting to fight that frequently. One hundred percent, yes. So so the CFFC was a blessing. So I have been able to fight as as often as I have. You know, they they were the only ones really running. In the heat, in the, and and when things were really bad in COVID, they were the ones who really kept going. They kept, you know, they were able to keep putting on shows. So, so yes, getting in tune with them was was a big step. And and yeah, it always was the plan to uh, to try to do it fast. Uh, 
I've been doing martial arts and, and, and competitively at least for about 14, 15 years now, competitively, you know, from jujitsu and wrestling and, and now fighting. But uh, my MMA career is still short. So we're kind of making up for lost time, I guess. We have all the experience we needed on the mat and, and in martial arts in general. So now it's actually putting in the work and uh, showing up in these fights and, and proving that I am exactly what I say I am. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've been super impressed with your grappling skills. So, so talk to me. I mean, what like did you start grappling just super young and it became an immediate passion? I mean, what was your path? Because uh, you know, the, like I said, the grappling skills are, are very, very impressive. Yeah. So, so I'm sure that's no secret. Everybody knows I probably started with the jujitsu. Uh, yeah, I started in jujitsu when I was nine, and uh, and I started competing in, like just after my tenth birthday is when I started actually competing and doing these jujitsu competitions and. Uh, so that's that's my base format. That's where everything came from. I mean, I flourished, and now I obviously as a kid, you know. So I started at nine. Once you hit high school, everybody's going to try football and and all these other little things. Uh, I was only really drawn to the combat sports. So so I did the uh, the jujitsu, and then I tried the wrestling. It just didn't. I mean, I tried the football. It didn't really stick for me whatsoever. Um, and then later on, once I got into high school, I started trying the wrestling. But I always knew. I was one of those younger guys, you know, they talk about these guys that back in the day that used to be wrestlers, turned MMA fighters, or, you know, boxers, turned MMA fighters, and they have these base styles, and, and we have these, uh, like, George St. Pierre was the prototype. I really did. I always knew that I was going to be a fighter, so I did the wrestling, not necessarily because it was my first and foremost love, but, but I always knew that MMA was going to be uh, at the end of this road for me, so I knew that that was a really important facet of the martial arts, and I needed to learn it. That's awesome, but uh, but you, definitely jujitsu is a passion. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you do you still train in a gi? I mean, do you have a belt ranking, or do you do mostly no gi? Yes, so I do still train in a gi. So uh, I formerly was at a gym, and we did you know jujitsu. We did the the ranking system. We kind of went through all that together. Um, since then, and since I started fighting, I've then moved gyms, and I'm kind of in a more fight based gym. I'm at Gilbert Grappling. So. Uh, so I'm not promoted through the uh, belt rankings anymore. I still train in the gi every two days a week. I'd say we train in the gi, and I train even more in no gi. But two days a week, we still put on the gi. I'm a purple belt. But uh, but one thing about me, and this isn't being arrogant or whatever, but uh, I so I've been competing for for a long time. So I last time I've competed, I competed as a brown and a black belt. Um, it's not to disrespect the uh, the belt system that I kind of don't promote myself i just i don't have anyone promoting at the moment so i can't really not purposely sandbagging you know but 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 no one's like i can't promote myself (laughs) i was gonna say if you entered a tournament as a purple belt i would definitely call you a sandbagger (laughs) yeah i've been kind of avoiding the geese side of the competition thing just because i have to actually wear the belt so most of the time when i'm competing as of late it's just been no geese stuff because you know no one's wearing a belt then that's funny, man. So, talk to me about um, your, your your MMA record. I mean, knowing that you wanted to do it is is the, is the record that Tapology has correct? I mean, did you do three amateur fights in 2017 and then didn't turn pro till 2020? Yes, yes, exactly. So, um, so like I said, I was at a gym before that was jujitsu based, and and that's actually where I had my amateur career. All three of those fights. Um, so, knock those out. If you look, it was kind of similar. Like I fought in March, fought in April, so it was a pretty quick tear. You know, that was supposed to be my first uh, to be the prototype of, of what I've done this, you know, the past eight, nine months of my life. That was the prototype. That was my first turn. And uh, I was doing great, and I ended up having uh, having a bunch of babies. And, well, two babies, two babies back-to-back, and, and that can definitely slow you down in the fight game. So uh, we started worrying about the financial side of things, try to get a house together, put a life together for them, because I do love fighting, but... At the amateur level and the regional scene, it wasn't really going to pay for <laughs> pay for two munchkins right off that. But um, but yeah, I did I did I did awesome. I had that gap, and and to be honest, I wasn't really sure if I was going to ever turn pro or if it was just going to kind of stop there. And time went on. I spent three years away. Did you know had an awesome time with my family. Got to focus on them. But there's always there's a passion obviously there was there was something that i was missing something i had stepped away from something was it was hurting me it was, it was time away and it was, it was bothering me i felt like there was something 
some stones left unturned. I'd watch the UFC fights like everybody else and sit there and watch the couch and, and you know, you get those guys like, oh, I could do that. I could do that, you know. <laughs> and and I actually did. I brushed myself off three years later. I uh, got back in the gym and, and I'm doing so far so good doing exactly what I was. I was one of those guys sitting on the couch. I could do that. I could do that. And, and as of yet, it's been working out. So fingers crossed it keeps going, <laughs> going the way I'm saying it. But yeah, dude, that's, that's basically the story. A little break and got to it and luckily seems like I haven't missed a beat that is awesome so what's the, so what's the feel been like during this I mean this is like so like some kind of like Cinderella run or something right I mean you were gone from the sport and now you you get back to it I mean has this been just a, a pretty exciting time for you so yeah so in between super boring I was people it's only exciting when it's exciting so you know in a in a three-month span so I'm on the regional scene I fight more often but you know on the big leagues even worse I'm going to fight one time, one night, and it's going to be super exciting for about a week. And then we're going to go back to the gym, and it's going to be super boring, and I'm going to have people hitting me up. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, nothing, nothing. Same as last week. Absolutely nothing. But, yes, the excitement, when it is exciting, is insane. So, like I said, I had my first pro fight under CFFC, and those lights are way brighter than any other regional promotion, you know. Obviously, we understand that's a feeder into the UFC. So it's not, it's beneath UFC, but it's 10 steps above anything I had ever seen before that. So that alone was huge. And it's, it was four fights in eight months that I won. And now I'm sitting here on the phone with, you know, John Morgan. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> what do you mean? This, this is crazy. That's awesome, man. So let me ask, I mean, obviously supporting a family. I mean, uh, are you able to fight full time or, or do you have to balance work as well? No, yeah, I still work. Uh, I still have my day job, so I still work. I work for the uh, U-Haul Repair Company, so shout out my awesome boss, John. He gives me the days off when I need them, you know, when, when I need to do things for medicals or when I need to get to the uh, get to these shows. And, you know, COVID testing usually requires more days off. That's awesome. All right, so talk about this matchup, man. DeAndre Anderson, uh, you know, hey, another undefeated guy. He's uh, he's actually a little younger than you, so maybe he's even the, the, the newer kid on the block. You know what I mean? What, what, what do you know about DeAndre, and, and, and what do you think about the matchup itself? I love it. So, like like I said, CFFC set me up. Last fight, I was 3-0. They gave me a 3-0. Um, that, that mystique, that undefeated mystique, that's something special. Even even my family at home, like, wait. When a guy comes in and they have zero losses, it's a, it, it's an eerie feeling. Like oh, like it almost feels like it can't be done. But uh, but you know, obviously, I bring that same mystique. But I love I love that we're finding these fighters for me. That's 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 huge. So you, all too often, I could be set up against twos and ones and one and three year, you know, whatever terrible record, whatever terrible guy, whatever random guy they're gonna find. But they're finding these studs. So what I know about him, um. I will stalk my opponents like no other. So I'll listen to any podcast that he's been on, things like that. Um, he said that he had originally started off as a football player, so I know he's going to be athletic. Um, he realized soon that he wasn't going to get the size that he needed to really be competitive in that fast and in that type of game. Um, flipped it to wrestling, and, and I guess down there in Alabama, he has at least one state title, I know for sure. Um, so he said he was a state champion wrestler, so I'm taking that as his base style, which is an excellent base style. And uh, he's also got a bunch of boxing fights, so he is well-rounded. He's trying other things. Um, and I really think that people learn, like, I didn't really learn wrestling until I stepped out of the game and, and put on the wrestling shoes. So that's when I really learned wrestling. So I'm going to expect him to come in with a really good, like, legitimate boxing style because he really did he laced up the boxing gloves he didn't you know everyone boxes in the gym in the mma gym against other kickboxers but to legitimately put on the gloves and and go do professional boxing fights is is a completely different story you're really diving into the the culture there so i know he's going to be heavy in wrestling i know he's going to be heavy in boxing i'm assuming he's going to use his wrestling defensively and try to stuff any takedowns and avoid the ground. I'm assuming that at this point in the game that uh, everybody's going to try to avoid the ground. It's pretty clear what my style is going to be. It's pretty clear what my approach is going to be. And uh, and yeah, I'm not going to uh, not going to shy away from the gunfight. If we want to stand up, then then we'll stand up. 
but but yes, my game plan is to eventually get him to the ground and uh, and do some of that aggressive grappling that that I like to do. Get my position and get my submission. I love it, man. Well, this would certainly be a, a big win, and like I said, I mean, it's just a huge year for you. So, talk to me about the goal, man. I mean, a win here. Are we are we talking about you know calling for the CFFC title? Or are we talking about you know already looking at like contender series or the UFC? I mean, that would be a super quick ride. I mean, do you feel like you're ready for that, or is there little steps in between? What's what's the plan? The the approach thus far has been a sprint. So, I'm gonna say we're gonna stick with that theme that it's gonna be a sprint. We're trying to go to the top as fast as we can. But um, but reasonably fast. So my next step, I'm still keeping my head kind of right at my peers where I'm at right now. So I I think the next step, if I do get this win, which I will get this win, um, the next step would be for a title shot. I, I, I see a lot of awesome 145ers on the card with me. Um, Reggie Adams on the card. Um, Devontae Sewell is a guy that um, my opponent had fought twice before. He was a good opponent. Um, who are the other two? Timothy Kwamba and James Lyons. I'm super excited about that fight. Um, from a spectator's point and from a competitive point, I'm excited to see who, who's going to take that one. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm guessing they're trying to make sense of this uh, this 145 division now that Pat Sabatini's up in the big show and trying to figure out who's ready for the uh, for the title shot. And, and I definitely am going to take this as an opportunity to try to prove that, that, that I'm one of those guys that that I need to be in the red corner for that fight. I love it. I love it, man. Well, listen, it's been it's been fun to watch what you've accomplished already, man, so I'm looking forward to this fight. Any other, you know, last thoughts, messages, anything like that? You want to make sure that, that we get out there for people? No, I just really want to let you know I appreciate talking to you. Uh, little starstruck. So, like I said, this has been short, you know, eight months. I haven't had to got, you know, haven't had the opportunity to do a lot of interviews and, and talk to too many people, but but it's really an honor. It really is. It's pretty cool to talk to you. It's it's, it's really. I was nervous all day. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate, it, dude. It's been it's been fun to watch you so far, man. Uh, you you definitely caught my attention when you were out there calling to your corner, just asking him which submission you wanted to finish with. I was like, this kid's got some swag, man. I like this. Man, that's really what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to go through, trying to be respectful of my opponents, but definitely trying to show that I got a that I got something special. Jose Perez there, too kind, too kind to, uh, to, to, to have some respect for me there as well. I, I did appreciate that. Now, um, man, again, this kid's grappling skills are off the charts, but now we got a little bit of a stylistic matchup here, right? DeAndre Anderson uh, is is coming to us from, from King of the Cage, uh, making his CFSC debut, and, and he's going to try to do it uh, with, a, with a big splash here in, in the main event on Fight Pass. And as Jose Perez mentioned, you know, he's done some professional boxing as of late. Uh, and so this, you know, could be a little bit of a clash of styles, although you'll hear a little bit more uh, with my conversation with DeAndre about, you know, kind of why he was doing the boxing. I don't think that's necessarily where he thinks he'll have a, a professional career. He, he, he likes MMA, but it was an opportunity for him to stay busy. Basically, he had, he had won a, a $100,000 contract from King of the Cage. Um, but King of the Cage has been hit hard by COVID. They haven't really been able to hold events. So since they haven't been able to hold events, he hasn't been able to get fights, and so he hasn't been able to to, to collect on on you know v- the vast majority of that hundred thousand dollars. So fortunately, you know they let him stay busy with boxing, and now um, I, I I don't know the full details if they've terminated his contract or just letting him fight outside of it right now. But fortunately, you know they're they're letting him get some action. By the way, before we played the Andre Anderson, I did I did. Um, Hopefully you heard that mention from Jose Perez about Tim Kwamba and James Lyons as well. That's also a featherweight fight. So featherweight main event and then another uh, featured fight at featherweight in Tim Kwamba and James Lyons. Um, I'm, I'm, that's a solid fight as well, man. I'm telling you. CFSC, and of course I'm biased because I'm a part of the promotion, um, but I'm telling you, they do a phenomenal job in matching up fights. And so anyway, I was super high on Jose Perez, but... I wanted to talk to DeAndre Anderson as well. And, man, after I had my conversation with DeAndre Anderson, now I'm, like, hoping for a draw or something. <laughs> uh, here is uh, here's what DeAndre Anderson had to say when, when we spoke. Well, listen, man, let's just get into it, dude. I mean, uh, big fight, UFC fight pass, couple undefeated young prospects going at it. Man, what's what's the feel right now? Is it feeling like a, a big fight for you? Um, Yeah, so this is probably my biggest fight. Um, I mean, this is definitely my biggest fight. This is probably – 
the one that like I actually get excited for, you know. Um, I fought against a lot of people that were supposed to be good, but then they turned out not to be as good as I expect. But um, I think that Jose's home. I think he's going to be a good challenge for me. It'll be good to see what what I'm actually made out of, you know, because I haven't gotten to test myself like that in MMA yet. So I'm excited for that one. No question. Talk to me about um, about the layoff from MMA, man. I mean, I know you've been doing a little bit of boxing as well, and obviously COVID, I'm sure, hasn't made things easy. But, but I mean, your first fight in, uh, in MMA since 2019, was that by design or by decision, or was that just kind of circumstances of what, what's been happening? Um, it's more just circumstances. Um, so I was with um, King of the Cage, and, you know, I had that. I had a big contract, did all that, and – COVID hit, and then they didn't have any shows. For, they haven't even had a show since um, since that whole ordeal. Um, and I had also wanted to fight more anyways than what I was getting offered with them anyway. So, you know, it ended up being a blessing in disguise that I ended up getting out of that contract um, to be able to fight with CFFC and be on this stage because, you know, I'm, I'm ready to be on that next level and I think that fights like this will get me seen and get me noticed more than what I had been previously doing. So, I mean, I I did all this boxing stuff just to to pass the time because I didn't. I was in kind of you know a, a tough spot with the contracts and everything, not being able to fight because I had to get released and everything before I could do that. So, I'm just um I'm excited that I actually get to fight MMA now. Um, this awesome. is what I really do, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, you you had that big hundred thousand dollar contract, right? So, did did you not see all the hundred thousand dollars yet? Man, I ain't seen. I seen um, definitely ain't seen a hundred thousand dollars yet. <laughs> I wish I had, man. I wish I had. I would. I would be living um a little bit different right now, you know. But it's it's a blessing that you know I was able to be put on that stage at such a young age, though. You know. Whenever you got a hundred thousand dollars attached to your name when you're, you know, twenty years old is, it's still nice, you know, before you even make a pro debut. So, it was nice to you know have that attached to my name, but I would have loved to actually have the hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet. Well, talk to me. I mean, like you said, so you've been kind of in limbo in terms of being able to fight. Uh, what's training been like? I mean, is it? Have you been training this whole time, or did you take some time off? I mean, I know it's got to be a little tough uh, to be, you know, game ready if if you know you don't have a fight lined up. Yeah, so um, the thing that is really – so last year um, I just had my daughter. Um, so it's actually been almost a year now. At at the end of this month, on the 31st, will be her first birthday. Oh, congrats. So, um, yeah, so I just was – all uh, last year I was just kind of – I was hoping that I'll get a fight, but didn't really know because COVID and all the contract stuff. And I was just like, you know, let me take this boxing stuff, you know. Um, I ended up getting a fight um, against Jahai Tucker in the on top rank, which that was like a crazy fight for me, fighting against somebody at that skill level. Such so like a, I mean, I never I never fought a striker like that. You know, you normally don't get that type of experience in an MMA fight with strikers. Right. You know, a guy that was supposed to be in the Olympics um, that has all this hype behind him. I was lucky enough to be his first fight. Wow. You know, as a pro. So, I mean, it's just been, it's just been super. It's it's been super tough on me, not being able to do MMA. But I've been just training this whole time. Um, the boxing stuff has really like helped me out a lot with just keeping the competition mode going. Sure. But I've been, I didn't really get back into MMA training until, um, my job. I got fired on Christmas Eve of last year. What? And I. And I have just worked my ass off the whole time, just training ever, ever since then. Because um, I had I had to take about two months off because I couldn't make any money because I wasn't fighting. So you know, um, I pretty much, I took two months off from training, and I had just been working, you know, and that that kind of put me in a, a tough spot mentally and physically. I was definitely not where I needed to be, but um, once I got fired. I decided that I wasn't going to work for anybody. I was just going to commit myself to my dream because, you know, 
the only person that has to believe in you is you. And me going into moving furniture isn't helping me with my MMA career. So I didn't really care about it anymore. I just wanted to focus on myself. If I was going to be broke, I'm going to be broke doing something that I know is going to benefit me in the long run. So I just been training my ass off for all year. Actually, like I haven't missed, I've rarely missed out um, on training for this whole year. So I've been getting ready for a fight for a very long time. That's awesome. Um, I just now get to do it late in the year. That's awesome. How do you, how do you get fired on Christmas Eve? Who has who? What soulless human being would fire somebody on Christmas Eve? Man, man, it was uh, it was just a it was a crazy situation. So, um, you know. I get back from break and everybody's leaving out, you know, we get, cause most people get off of work early on Christmas Eve. It's actually my daughter's first Christmas Eve and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I'm about to get off early. Then the guy was like, Hey, we got this delivery. And it's like five minutes before we are supposed to leave. Then it's an hour away from where I'm supposed to be out of our range of deliveries and everything. Um, and I'm just like, Oh my goodness. Like, can you please not do this? Like, this is my, you know, it's my daughter's first Christmas Eve. Um, and then I was just like, you know what? I'm just not going to, like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to fire me because I can't, I can't do this. Like, <laughs> I'm not missing out on something that, that's so important to me. Absolutely. You know? that's, but that's that whole situation. It sucked, but I mean, it was definitely like, I didn't really care at that point. I was ready to get going with my fighting stuff anyways. That's Probably would have quit anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. So talk to me about this year then. So, I mean, no work at all? Or are you trying to, like, work, are you making some money in the gym yeah, at all? Or how, how are you getting by? Man, I'm just <laughs> – I got I got sponsors that are helping me out. Um, I got friends and family. Um, like, I, I have people that believe in me just like I believe in myself. So they helped me out a lot. Um, you know, I actually got into selling um, Pokemon cards and stuff. Oh, wow. So, yeah, like it's, and I've been hustling. I got to make some type of money to pay my bills, but I also got to be able to train as much as possible. You know, I got to, I had to start finding crazy ways to make money just to, just to be able to do what I need to do with my, my training. So, I mean, it's been tough, but I've been making it through. That's awesome. That's awesome. We'll talk about the matchup, man. It's, it sounds like, uh, you know, you have a lot of respect for Jose and what he's done already. You know, you think he's going to be a fair test. Um, I mean, do you, do you think this is going to be a grappling-type bout? I know you come from a kind of a wrestling background, and, and he's a, a grappler at heart. I mean, are you expecting this to be a grappling contest? Or, you know, I mean, do, do you want to go out there and throw hands, especially after this boxing you've been doing? And, um, yeah, honestly, it's one of those things, like, for me, it all depends on which me comes out that day. It depends on how I feel. Um, I don't really worry about too much what he can do. Um, I know that he's really good on the ground. Like, he has cool submissions, but I have those too. Like, I won by inverted triangle, put the guy to sleep in my last MMA fight. So, I mean, he has a banana split. That's pretty cool. But, I mean, that's not anything crazier than what I've been able to do, you know? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. he has a whole bunch of – a hype because he was able to, like, everybody's seen that. Like, I mean, I've seen that on CFFC's page and all that, and <laughs> I was like, man, that's so cool. Like, I mean, I don't, you know, that's, I haven't done that in, in a fight, you know. But, I mean, I, I've i spent 13 years of my life grappling. Like, that is over half of my life. It's, you know, some people think that I'm a striker now just because I do all this boxing and everything, but, I mean, I'm, I'm a wrestler, man. The mentality is what, what I took from wrestling, and definitely the takedowns. But um, I train at a jiu-jitsu gym. I'm ready for anything. Like it doesn't really. My whole game plan is to go out there and put on a show and get to the next level of my career. Um, it doesn't matter how I get the job done. I'm hoping I get a finish though. That'd be nice. No doubt. Well, you talk about that next level. I mean. You know, you're still a young guy, obviously. I mean, time is on your side, but I know you don't want to be broke forever either, so you want to get to that next level. But So what's the plan? I mean, you win here. Are you like, are you already, you know, with your hand in the air saying, UFC, give me a call? Or do you feel like, you know, go for the title in CFFC, kind of keep developing? What's what's the overall plan? Um, The plan is honestly to go down to 35. And um, so I, I would love to go into the UFC, like, 
immediately after this because, I mean, the only loss I have is to somebody in the UFC and MMA. So, um, you know, I feel like I'm on that level. I feel like I can compete with those guys. But if people, you know, don't think I'm ready for that right now, then I'll go and take somebody's belt or, you know, take a couple more belts. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, I know that if I win and I keep winning, then I'll get there. Um, my goal is to get to the UFC and then continuously, like, stay in the UFC. I don't want to be one of those, you know, get there, three fights, and then I'm out, and then mm-hmm. I'm fighting, mm-hmm. you know, on the regional circuit again. That's not what I want to do. Um, once I get in, I want to stay in. So if my people don't feel like I'm ready, um, then that's fine. But – you know, I can I can take my time, but I would definitely love to get that paycheck because I know as soon as I get in there, I'm getting me a performance bonus. So um, I already know that I will. I mean, I'm an exciting fighter. As long as they put me in there with somebody that's willing to do the exact same thing I'm willing to do, and that's die for it, then you know that's when that's when fireworks happen. Man, hard to argue yeah. with that. That's the way to put it. So 35. Uh, uh, are you going to wait till you're in the top level to go to 35, or you still want to maybe get a 35 fighter two on the regional stage? Um, I mean, I've had you know I've had a fight at 130, so I've actually went from I went 30 my pro debut 35 had a catch weight at 40 went up to 45. It was just because I didn't feel like cutting honestly, right? Like, but. Now that I'm in a gym, I'm actually training. Like, I used to train, like, twice a week. Like, maybe, like, a total of four hours a week, and I would still be beating people. Um, which, that's horrible to say, but <laughs> I didn't really – you know, it's it's very hard to to take some people serious, you know, because um, I've competed at a high level. With, and the people that I train with, like, I know what level I'm on, you know, so – seeing some other people it's not like to that i don't respect them it's that like i was i'm young like i was when i was you know 19 20 i didn't really care about training i wanted to go out and party and then i would go train then i might be out like that you know week before and then i go train a couple weeks to make the weight cut um but now i actually take this serious i mean once you have a daughter that and you know you got people that depend on you it starts to set in that you really have to, you know, not have any type of excuses that you can make for yourself. You have to really put it all on the line now. So every single moment I'm just out there just going crazy just for my family. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well said. Well, listen, man, I'm looking forward to this fight. I think it's going to be a great one. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing you in there. Any 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 last thoughts, messages, anything like that that you want to make sure we, we get out there for you? Um, I just want to thank all my sponsors, Civilized Savage Clothing. Um, I want to thank Heroes Roofing. Um, I would like to thank Stay Gold Tattoo. Um, good Lord, there's a lot of people that support me. Um, <laughs> the Darby Johnson Agency. Um, they're licensed in a ridiculous amount of states. I can't tell you exactly how many because I just know it's a lot. Um, and then Alpha Omega Fightwear. Um, it's my friend's company. He just started up. I have some cool shorts that I'm wearing for this fight that he hooked up for us um, at Cobra. And, well, Cobra Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because those are my people. That's my team. That's who I'm repping. And thank you to the whole state of Alabama because they always support me. No matter where I go, I got that flag on my back, and I'm repping Bama. So um, that's all I got to say. Thank you for having me on here, too. This is a cool platform. So I'm excited every time I get to do interviews and stuff like this. Man, how are you going to fire somebody on Christmas Eve? Huh? That ain't right. I want to cheer for this guy just for that. That's just absolutely not right. Uh, but no, man, I, I I liked hearing you know DeAndre talk about the the sacrifice that it takes to make it on the regional level, man. You, it is not possible to support yourself financially, really, um, especially on the you know the lower tier regional shows. So, um, you know, the fact that he's willing to make that sacrifice and in, in hopes of making it to the big time, man. 
Respect that. Respect that. Uh, so that, yeah, that's your main event for CFFC 99. So, so tune in on Fight Pass. Uh, Hetag Pliev is there. Remember the man who, uh, who had his finger severed four months ago. He's already back fighting again. Can you believe that? And he's facing a veteran in Nashawn Burrell. Uh, certainly you'll, you'll know that name from UFC, Bellator, Strike, where he fought everywhere. So um, Pliev originally lost that fight by TKO. It was overturned to a no contest when it was determined that his opponent kind of pulled his glove over the finger, which ended up creating the tension, which oh, still one of the most bizarre scenes of, I've ever seen in my life, man. It was it was crazy. Crazy. Uh, and that dude is tough, man. He didn't even flinch. Like the, the Facial expression didn't even change, man. It was pretty unbelievable. So, yeah, anxious to get out there. Even if we did, uh, you know, throw off our schedule a little bit this week, I'm anxious to get out there, work with my man CM Punk. Uh, I will definitely be uh, trying to get the scoop on the AEW reports. Uh, I'm, I'm all caught up on, on my wrestling references now. Joe from H-Town uh, set me up last week. Uh, over in over in Houston, got me all caught up. Matt Wells, who was with me as well, you know, he he has a little bit of uh, AEW knowledge as well, <laughs> so he got me all caught up. And hell, I've actually been watching uh, a couple episodes of Dark Side of the Ring, man. I, I, look, I don't know if y'all are gonna turn me into a full fledged wrestling fan, but I'm I'm studying up a little bit at least. I got if my man CM Punk is going back to wrestling, I, I'll be honest, I'll have to watch at that point. I'll have I'll have a vested interest to want to tune in and watch about that so uh we'll see we'll see if we can get the scoop i have a feeling i'm not gonna get the scoop <laughs> cm punk is pretty good about just giving you the cold shoulder and no commenting and uh you know obviously if he's getting involved i'm sure it must be a big money deal so uh we'll see how it all plays out anyway that is your special tuesday night edition of the mma road show uh we wouldn't leave you high and dry and we got to keep the streak alive and i think if it's even on a different day it still counts. We're bringing you solid content, right? It still counts. 333 consecutive weeks without fail. We're here for you. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Uh, no and a half this week because there is no UFC event. But do me a favor. Tune in to Fight Pass Saturday night, CFFC 99. Obviously, you got a busy night on Friday night. MMA Junkies got on-site coverage. We got y'all covered. But definitely tune in on UFC Fight Pass Saturday night, okay? In the meantime... Thanks for listening.